Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. To be at church today, anybody? Yeah. Hey, I want to take just a moment. You saw the video a minute ago. Uh, today is 9-11. And uh, for many of us in the room, we can remember exactly where we were and exactly what we were doing uh, when the TVs came on and, and we heard the news of all of that. Uh, it was interesting. Last year, we were on a mission trip. And uh, as a part of that, we got to take a, uh, on our day off, we got to take a tour of and see some things in Washington, D.C., and uh, we were walking with all of these teenagers, and I even think about my kids and how we've tried to explain to them what 9-11, you know, what it was and what happened and all of this. And, and we were walking with them, and they were telling us about all of the, the ways that they've learned about that in school. And I thought, man, you know, we lived right in the middle of what was happening. And here's, here's what I want to do this morning before we get into the message is I want to take a moment to pray because uh, for many of us, we, we can remember 9-11 and, and, uh, and, and just the tragedy. For so many people, though, across our country and even around the world, uh, today is a sad day. Uh, today's a day that they're reminded of somebody who is no longer with them or somebody that they lost, a family member or a friend. And uh, even though we may not know these people personally, I believe that we can lift them up in prayer and we can believe that God's going to strengthen them and encourage them today. Uh, on what may be a, 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 a hard day for them. So will you bow your heads and let's just say a word of prayer together. Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness and your faithfulness and your mercy, for your compassion and your comfort. And Lord, we just lift up every person, even though we may not know them by name, we lift up every person across our country and even around the world that uh, they were affected on a personal level by what happened 21 years ago. And God, we, we ask that you would comfort them, and Lord, that you would even give us eyes to see. Your word says that we, uh, that we receive comfort and we give comfort. So Lord, even if there are people in our lives or things that you would have us to do, God, that you would open our eyes to see those. And Lord, we just thank you for your strength and your grace and your comfort and your mercy on every person who is struggling on this day. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right, well. Uh, I'm excited. We've been we've been in a just a season of messages. We haven't been in a series. Next weekend we celebrate six years as a church, so you're not going to miss that. Uh, we're going to be you know celebrating together, and then coming back on Sunday night at six o'clock for a night of worship. These are always man. It's 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 one of the 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 most powerful things I think we do uh, is when we fill this room with God's you know praise and worship and people and. And uh, we want to invite you to be here next Sunday at 6 o'clock. And then the following week, um, I have plans to begin a brand new series that we're going to call Firm Foundation. We're going to be talking about some foundational things in our lives. After that, we're going to be going through the book of James together uh, and, and studying that. And then uh, we're making preparation for our story series. Many of you remember this from last year uh, in, in the holiday season where we get to hear stories of people in our church and, uh, and then, you know, see what God's word has to say about what we walk through and things that we face. And then after that, come on somebody, it's going to be Christmas at Impact right after that. So it's right around the corner. And uh, so we're excited about where God's taken us for the next few months as we end out the year. 
and uh, hopefully you'll join us as we uh, go through those things and learn from God's Word. Uh, today, I want to, uh, I've titled the message, uh, Tuned In, Tuned In, if you're taking notes, and I have three points that I want to give you today as we go through this message, but we're going to spend the majority of our time on point number one, and you're going to see why in just a moment. Uh, but we're going to spend a lot of time on point number one, and then uh, we'll get to points number two and three toward the end of the message. But uh, I was asking this question, how can we live our lives tuned in to God? Tuned in to God. And so I think that uh, I felt like the Lord gave me three things to be aware of uh, that kind of build on each other. So here's point number one, if you're taking notes. Point number one, we can hear his voice. We can hear his voice. Talking about God's voice. You ever, you ever made the comment that you could not hear God's voice? You were praying about something and you had no idea what God wanted you to do. And I just can't hear God. And I don't feel like God is speaking to me and he's not showing me anything. He's not answering my prayer. Um, if you're like me, you've had moments like that where uh, you felt like, man, I just, I don't feel like, like you look at other people and you think, man, it seems like they hear God's voice, but I can't hear God's voice. Like, they know what God's saying to them, but I can't figure out what God's saying to me. And I believe, personally, that every single one of us here, that we can hear the voice of God if we'll tune in. And I think about, uh, just going back through even some instances in the Old Testament, I think about how God would speak uh, to his prophets in the Old Testament, and they would communicate to the people um, God would, would speak something to them, and they would take it to God's people. And 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20 and 21 says, Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, these, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit, and they what? They spoke from God. So God was speaking to them, and they were speaking to the people. Um, I think about how God spoke to Moses. You remember the story of the burning bush, and Moses sees this bush that's on fire. Come on, how many of you can imagine if you see a bush that's on fire, and, and he notices this bush is not burning up. And God begins to speak to Moses and tell him what his plan is and what he wants him to do and how he's going to be a part of it. And there's this conversation that goes on. God spoke to Elijah, you know, through a gentle whisper. We've, you know, we've gone through that story before here at church and where Elijah, you know, he's just seen God do miraculous things, and, and then he's on the run. Jezebel has basically said, I'm going to kill you and for what you've done, and he's on the run, and there's, you know, this underlying feeling of depression and, and, and just being worn out and burned out, I feel like, and he finds himself in a cave, and God shows up, and there's, you know, wind and earthquake and all these things, and the Bible says that God wasn't speaking through any of that, but then there was a gentle whisper. And Elijah, you know, he comes out to... The, the, the mouth of the cave, and he listens to God, and God speaks to him. Um, I think about how God spoke to Abraham to tell him that he'd be the father of many nations, right? Before he ever even had one child, God shows up. And, and, and another instance where God says, hey, it's time for you to pack up all of your stuff. Come on, get all of your stuff together and start traveling to a land that I will show you. And God is communicating to his people. I feel like you know, obviously God spoke in the Gospels through Jesus. You know, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And God was speaking through Jesus. And Jesus was talking to, you know, the people on the earth and things that are recorded in Scripture where he's telling us about the kingdom and what the kingdom of God is like and how we can enter the kingdom of God. And, you know, giving us all of these instructions and he's speaking to his people. And I believe that we serve a God who is still speaking to his people today. And that you can actually hear the voice of God. You can actually hear 
what it is that God would have you to do. And, and maybe it's not in the way that you would even think. Maybe you've been listening for like this audible voice of God, like I need the audible voice of God to speak to me. And, and maybe it doesn't show up in the way that you would think it would. But I think that every one of us, we can tune in and we can hear the voice of God. In fact, I would even say this. I believe that God wants to speak to you more than you even want him to speak to you. That when we're crying out to God and there's nothing wrong with that and we just need direction and we're seeking God. You ever had those moments or those days where you were just like, God, I have to have you. I have to have you come through in this moment. I have to know what direction to go and what to do. And I would say that God wants to speak to you even more than you want God to speak to you. He's a, he's a speaking God. He's communicating with us. So for the next few minutes, all under point number one, I want to try to answer this question. How does God speak? How does God speak? And if every single one of us can hear the voice of God, how does he speak to us? And I don't believe, I want to say this before we get into this part of the message, I don't believe that God is limited in how he can speak to you. If you read your Bible, you know that God spoke through a donkey. Come on, God can do whatever God wants to do, and he can speak to you and get to you however he wants to get to you. But I do think that we can see that there are some primary ways or some ways most often that God will speak to us or you know, that we'll, we'll feel certain ways or whatever the case might be. And so here's the first way, is that God speaks through his word. God speaks through his word. And as I was writing this down, I began to think to myself, what if, what if we haven't felt like God speaks to us because we haven't given him the opportunity to speak to us? Like when you open up God's word and allow him to speak to you. We could say it this way. When we read our Bible daily, when we open up our Bible, we give God the opportunity to speak to us. And what if we are, we are desiring for God to speak to us, but we're never opening up his word to give him the opportunity to speak to us? I think that it's one of the primary ways that God will speak. It's already been written down. It's already his word that was, that was written down for us. All scripture is the divinely inspired word of God. And the Holy Spirit will often speak to specific situations in our lives through verses that we read. And many of you can probably testify to this. You might remember a moment when you were praying about something and you were seeking direction about something and you opened up God's word and you began to read in his word and something just jumped off the page to you and the Holy Spirit spoke to you in that moment and it was like that is what I was needing. God just spoke to me through that right there. But he can't do that if we never open it up and get in it. And so sometimes we're not giving God the opportunity to speak to us because we're not opening up his word and speaking through his word is a primary way that he will speak to us i love these verses we read them quite frequently but it's about the importance of scripture second timothy 3 16 through 17 it says all scripture is inspired by god and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right and look at what it says god uses it what his word God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. And I would submit to you that one of the ways that God is preparing you and equipping you is when you open up that word and you allow him to speak to you through what he has already written down. What has been breathed out onto those pages. Come on, it's powerful. God wants to speak to us through his word. I think sometimes... Even we find ourselves praying about things that God has already spoken to us about through his word. And I think sometimes God's answer is to point us to a scripture. 
God's answer is to point us to a verse. God's answer is to point us to a story where he has already spoken to what it is that we're desiring and what we are praying about. And sometimes we're praying, God answer, God answer. We don't feel like God is answering, but maybe he's pointing, he's wanting you to just open his word. So he says, I've already spoken about that. I've already given direction about that. And you just got to read it. Get it in you. Read his word. When you're reading or when you're needing direction or an answer about something in your life, the first place that you need to look is in the word of God because it's what he's already spoken. Here's the second way that I think God can speak to us. God speaks through the Holy Spirit, and I'll uh, give you some ways that I feel like he does that. But look at these verses. This is John 14. Jesus is speaking in both of these. He says, But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. John 16, 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will, speak, he will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. And we see here, I don't know if you noticed it or not, but when I read these verses and I see Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit who is going to be sent when he said, he said, it's better for me to go away so that the Holy Spirit can come. Because the Holy Spirit's going to be in you. It's going to be living in you. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you as a believer. But in these verses, as I read these, I see that the spirit, he guides. And the spirit, he speaks and he tells and he reminds and all of these things. Like God is, is communicating to us through the Holy Spirit who is on the inside of us. Um, I think that uh, just a few ways that I think um, we see God speak in this way. I think God speaks in this way through promptings. Where we just know that we need to do something. You ever had a moment in time, you ever had an experience where you just knew, you were prompt, like there was something inside of you and you even explained it like, you're like, I don't know why I feel like I'm supposed to do this, but I am just supposed to do this. I'm supposed to go here at this moment or I'm supposed to, you know, do something for that person. Like there's a prompting, that's the Holy Spirit prompting you to do something. That's God speaking to you in that moment, right? You feel prompted to have a conversation or you feel prompted to do something for someone else. Or you feel prompted to leave the house a little bit earlier and you don't know why. And you're like, I don't know why. I just feel like we're supposed to leave 10 minutes before we had planned to leave. And then you get on the road and you figure out that there was an accident. Or there was something that happened and God had already kind of spoken to you and prompted you to leave a little bit earlier. Prompted you to do something for somebody else. Or encountering someone and feeling the prompting to be cautious, right? Like, I feel like I need to be cautious about this situation or in this circumstance or, or, or with this group of people, right? That's the Holy Spirit in side of you it's the holy spirit um i was reminded as i was preparing this and and writing this message of when we moved here which has almost been it'll almost be seven years you know coming at the beginning of this year and uh we had moved here and and we had moved here to plant the church and we were looking for a house and we had looked for several weeks and we we're trying to find a house and we had gone and looked at this one, and we were like, oh, I don't think that just didn't feel right. That's not the one. Or we'd gone and looked at this one. It's like, man, I just don't think, you know, we just didn't feel like that was the, the right thing for us or what God had for us. And then one day, I remember leaving work, and I was driving, and, uh, uh, and uh, Amanda's brother and uh, our sister-in-law had just had a baby. And we were going over their house, and I was going to meet her over there, and we were going to go over to the house and, and see them because they had gotten out of the hospital. And so um, I always went one, one way to get there, right? And we're just new to Paris, so we're learning Paris. We're learning the streets. We're learning how to get around or whatever. And one day I just felt prompted, just driving down the road, to turn 
And I ended up, I, I turned off of Lamar, right, and I got on Collegiate, and then I turned on Pine Mill. And I, I knew, okay, I think you can cut through right here to get to where they lived at the time. And so, and many of us, we all probably know where Pine Mill Road is. And so I'm driving down Pine Mill Road, and as I'm driving down through there, all of a sudden, about halfway down the road, there it is for sale by owner. And so I'm like, immediately, you know, like I'm late getting over there because I pull in, and I call the number, and I go up to the door, and later that evening, you know, we... Uh, we got to go look at the house, and we both left that night, and we were like, man, I just feel like this is exactly what God has for us, that it was just like, I'd never drive that way, just felt like I was supposed to drive that way, stumbled along this sign that then led to the house that we lived in for the first five years that we were living here in Paris, and going through the process of starting the church and all of that, which then led to, I won't get into all the details, but how God was able to bless that because of what we got it for, what the market did, and all of these different things that transpired after the fact, all led back, it all started with this prompting that I don't know why I'm supposed to turn and go this way, but I'm just going to go this way and, and see what's down here, and came across that house. I think, I think that's how the Holy Spirit works in our lives sometimes, is that we don't know why we feel led to do this or why we feel led to do that but it's god speaking to us it's the holy spirit inside of us that's prompting us to do things i think that god also speaks in this way through a sense of peace you know sometimes things look right in the physical and natural but you just don't have a peace about it you ever made that statement before you're like everything on paper makes sense but i just don't have a peace about it I don't know what it is, or something looks like it doesn't make sense. And it's like, it makes no sense for me to do this instead of doing this, or to go there instead of going there. But at the same time, I don't know why, like in the natural, that doesn't look like that would make any sense. But I just feel like that's exactly what we're supposed to do. And there's just this sense of peace on the inside of you. Um, you know, that job, it makes, it makes sense, but you just don't have peace. Or it's a huge step of faith. And I don't know how it's going to work, but you just have this sense of peace to step out and put one foot in front of the other and, and be obedient to what you feel like God's telling you to do. I love this verse. This is Paul writing in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. He says, and let the peace that comes from Christ. See, you have to know that the peace comes from Christ. Because a lot of times we're looking for the peace in other people and in other situations and in other things. But Paul is saying, let the peace that comes from Christ be what rules in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Jesus himself, he even said, it's my peace that I give you and that I'm leaving with you. Not peace like the world gives. This is a peace that, you know, as Paul would write in another one of his letters, that it surpasses all understanding. Like, I'm giving you my peace that I'm leaving with you. I think there is this supernatural peace that comes only from God that we can live in and we can walk in in our lives. And in situations, I think that the Holy Spirit will, you know, will prompt us or that there will be this sense of peace that this is what we're supposed to do, that this is the direction we're supposed to go, that this is the person that we're supposed to marry, that this is the, the you know, come, I mean, if we're just getting practical, if this is the vehicle over that one that I'm supposed to buy. You know, God knows all of those things. And he can prompt us and he can give us peace about that. Um, when we were starting the church, you know, it was, a, it was a huge step of faith. I mean, you step out and you don't know, like, is anybody coming? Is anybody going to 
be a part. Like, what is God doing? I don't know how this is going to turn out. I don't know what's going to happen here. But it was just this sense of peace. Whenever we stepped out and we were praying, God, what do you want us to do? What is the next thing? And we had kind of felt this direction. And then there was just this sense of peace that even though it didn't make sense, and even though we didn't have all the funding, and even though we didn't have all the people, and even though we didn't have all these things, there was just a peace like God was saying, this is it. This is it. This is what you're called to do. This is what you're supposed to step out and do. And I stand in awe of all that God has done just off of a step of obedience. And the Holy Spirit just saying, like just having this supernatural peace about it. And I think that that's how God works sometimes. I also think that God can speak this way through opening and closing doors. I think sometimes we pray when we pray. I believe that God can even use our circumstances to answer us. You know, maybe he closes a door of opportunity because it's to protect us and he has a better plan. And it makes sense in our minds, but the door seems to close in your face. Come on, anybody ever had a door close in your face and you thought it was the door you were going to walk through and then the door closed in your face and... I think that God operates in that way sometimes too, that God's speaking in that way like closing the door saying, no, this is not what I have for you. I have a better plan for you. I have something else that I want you to walk in and walk through. I have another door that I want to open. Or maybe, you know, things seem delayed and it's just God saying, not now. You know, and don't we get frustrated with delays? You know, it's like, we feel like we're supposed to do something and something gets delayed and maybe it's God saying, no, the timing, everything is in his timing. And the timing is not exactly what it needs to be. And so for right now, it's a not now. But it's, it's, it's not forever. Or, you know, maybe it's a door that God opens up that was previously closed that now he wants you to walk through. You know, like opportunity and what's going on in your life, God can use those things to speak to you and to lead you. And to close doors and open doors and, and sometimes say, not now. Or no, that's not what I have for you. I want you to walk through this door that you don't even know is going to be open three months from now. But if I let you walk through that door and I don't close that door, then you'll never get over here to this door that you can actually walk through. And God is using the Holy Spirit inside of you to communicate these things to you through peace and promptings and opportunities and closed doors and there are times when God will speak to us through his word, and there are times when God will speak to us through these promptings and peace and opportunities through the Holy Spirit. Here's another way that I believe God speaks. God speaks through other people. He speaks through other people. Um, I love this, this proverb. It's in Proverbs 15, 22. Plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. There's value and importance in allowing other people to speak into your life. I don't know if you know this or not, but you don't have all the answers. And I don't know if you know this or not about me, but I don't have all the answers. <laughs> right? There's, there's value and importance in allowing other people to speak into your life. And what's interesting to me, when God chooses to speak this way, you know, through other people, sometimes God will he'll give a word by speaking it through somebody else in your life. You ever had somebody come up to you and you were praying about something, you were seeking God's direction about something, and somebody came up to you and said, I don't know what you're going through, but I just feel like I'm supposed to tell you, and they tell you something, and you walk away thinking, how did they know? How did they know that this is what I needed to hear? How did they know what was going on in my life? How did they know what I was praying about? I haven't told anybody about this. That's God speaking through that person to confirm something in your life confirm something that god's been speaking to you even in other ways you know sometimes god will use if you look at first corinthians chapter 12 and the gifts of the spirit and sometimes god will use a gift of prophecy or 
a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom in someone else to speak something to you. And many times it'll be something that you'll think, I don't even know how they could have known that. And that's one of the ways that God will, he'll speak to you in that way. He'll use other people to speak to you to confirm what he's doing in your life. And you'll walk away thinking like, man, I was questioning it, but I just know that that was God sending that person to speak to me so that they could confirm what it was he wanted me to do. This happens, you know, I, I, I was thinking about many times when in our own lives, when we'll be at a conference, and I think just this last year we were at a conference, and we were just a couple rows back from, from some people, and, and, uh, and Amanda, she just felt like, man, I just feel like I'm supposed to go share something with them. Will you go with me? And so we go, and we're talking to these people, and they come back on the next break, and they're like, man, what you told us was exactly like we came to this conference asking God, will you confirm in our heart what we're supposed to do? Because we feel like this could be good, and we feel like God might be speaking this, but will you, will you confirm in our heart what it is that we're supposed to do? And he came back to us and told us and said that it was confirmation for the direction that they were supposed to go in their ministry or in their life or whatever the case might be. This is how, this is how God will use other people to speak to you, that God can use others to speak to you. And so here's one of the most important things that we can understand about God speaking through promptings and through the leading of the Holy Spirit and through other people. It's always going to be loving. It's always going to be consistent. And listen to me, it will always be in agreement with the Bible. God is not going to speak something to you that is not uh, in accordance with his word. He has already, he has, this is his word. This is it. But God can prompt you, and God can do things in your life, and God can send other people, but it will never go against what's in here. And so the first place, did God already say it? Did God already say something about this? And if it's something, you know, like you've got a decision to make in your life, and you're praying about it, God will. He can prompt you, and he can give you peace, and he can, you know, he can speak to you through other people and confirm things in your life, but it will always be in agreement with his word. He's not going to speak something to you in another way that doesn't line up with what's in this book. And so if we know that God is speaking to us and he wants to speak, he's a speaking God, how can we position ourselves to be able to hear? Because I think this is, and, and, and we're not going to spend a whole lot of time here because I've got to get on to the next couple of things, but I think this is sometimes the struggle for us is we aren't positioned to hear you know, and the first thing, how can we position ourselves to hear? We talked about it a little bit already. Read his word daily. God wants to speak to you through his word. But if you never open it and read it, you're not giving him the opportunity to speak to you through his word. So you've got to open it up. You've got to get in it. Say, God, what do you want to speak to me today? You know, if it's one verse, and as soon as you read it, you're like, I know that God is all over that in my life right now, and I need, to, I need to study on that. I need to see what he's saying to me through that verse right there. So give him the opportunity to speak to you through his word. Here's, here's the second thing, how we can position ourselves. I think we, we've got to eliminate distractions. How many of you are like me, and as soon as you wake up in the morning, you are distracted? You check your phone, you check your email, you check your text messages, you check, you know, social media, and you're immediately distracted. I think we have to learn how to eliminate distractions. Set aside time to spend with God. And if I can just get really practical for a moment, leave your phone in the other room. God does not need your cellular device to speak to you. 
Like so many times, I know for me, and listen, take your Apple Watch off while you're spending time with God because it's in the other room and it's still connected to that and all of a sudden, and now you're sitting here like trying to read your Bible going, I want to look, but I know I shouldn't look, but I want to look, but I don't know who's texting me. And you get distracted. And God's wanting to speak something to you. God's wanting to have relationship with you. He's wanting you to open his word and we get distracted so easily. And listen, I use the Bible app all the time all the time okay i do lots of devotionals on there we're doing one as a church right now but i think there is something to be said about having a physical paper bible that you can get up and go into the other room and open up and read god's word without the distractions without the text messages without the emails coming through without the computer and without all this and i'm not against any of those things i'm just saying they have a tendency to be a distraction and they pull our attention away three minutes in. They pull our attention away from what God is wanting to do in our lives that day and what God's wanting to speak to us. And we've got to eliminate those distractions so we can be in position to hear what he wants to say. Here's the last thing under that, that point. How can we position ourselves? I think we can learn his voice. The more time you spend with someone, the more you recognize their voice. The more time you spend with someone, the more you recognize their voice. The more time you spend with God, the more you will recognize his voice. And you will know. You'll be going through your day and he's like, I, know, I recognize that voice. Come on, those of us that have kids or those of us that, are, you, know, you're, you know, you remember when you were a kid and, and you were living with your parents and you were in the store and you knew your mama's voice. You recognize that voice because you spend a lot of time around that voice. I think about even babies. When babies are born, they recognize the voice that they have heard in the last nine months. And it's comforting to them because I've heard that voice. We have to set aside the time to spend with God and learn his voice. Read his word. Let him speak to you. Learn his voice so that as, as you go about your life, you'll recognize the voice of God. I heard somebody say one time that we're really, really good at knowing the voices of the pastors and speakers that we love to listen to, but we don't really know God's voice. And when are we taking time to just get alone with God with no distractions, say, God, I want to hear your voice. I want to know what you're speaking to me. I'm going to open your word. I want you to, to lead me, guide me, speak to me today. It's important. One last verse, and then we'll go on to point number two. John 10, 27, I love what Jesus said. He said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. We've got to learn the voice of God. The more time we spend with him, the more we learn his voice. Here's point number two. We can believe what he said. So we can hear the voice of God. And point number two, we can believe what he said. You ever read something in the word of God? You read something in scripture, you read a promise from God, and you had the thought run through your mind that, well, that is for everybody except for me because they, like, almost like God doesn't know what you've done and where you've come from. And it's like, I know that can't be true for me, but it's true for that person. Or you looked at other people in your life and you thought, like, they seem to believe everything that God says, and they're hearing God's voice, but I don't hear God's voice like they do, and I don't know, I don't know if I can believe what he said. I'm not even sure if I really even know what he said. And I feel like I just came to tell somebody that you can believe what God has said. 
When you read his word and you read something that Jesus spoke or something that Paul wrote down or something that was spoken throughout the scriptures, you can believe what God is saying through his word. It's one thing to see God speaking to you in his word or through the Holy Spirit, through somebody else in your life. It's another thing completely for you to take what you hear to heart and believe it. And here's what I think. Okay, here's what I think about believing what God says. I think that believing what God has said is about trusting God. I think that sometimes we have, maybe most of the time, we have a struggle with believing what God is telling us because we have never leaned into fully trusting God. And so because, you ever, you ever been around somebody that you didn't fully trust and when they told you something, it was like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, I, I'm not... You know, what you're, what you're saying sounds like it might be right, but I don't know. And I think we've got to lean into fully trusting God. And when we really trust that God knows what's best for us and that God is working everything out for our good and for his glory and that God speaks something to us that it's for our benefit and that God's promises are true, when we start to trust in God and we believe, these, then we'll begin to believe what God has said. Like, I, I know that he's working everything out for my good and for his glory. I know that all of this is going to fit together and that God is faithful and that God never leaves me. He never forsakes me. His Holy Spirit's living on the inside of me. Like, I know all these things, and it causes me to trust God. And because I trust God, I'm going to believe what he says. When somebody comes to me and they confirm something that I've been feeling in my spirit and they speak something to me, I'm going to believe what God is saying. When I open up his word and I read a promise that he has made to me, I'm going to believe what God is saying. That's not for somebody else. That's just as much for me as it is for you, that God is speaking to us and we can believe what he's saying. I love what David wrote as he was praising the Lord. This is in Psalm 145, verse 13. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. And I like this, the Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. Come on, is there anybody thankful today that you serve a God that always keeps his promises and is gracious in all that he does? You can believe what God says. You can believe his word. You can believe whenever he is prompting you and you're learning his voice. You can believe what God says that it's good, that it's for your benefit, that it's something he's going to get glory out of. If God said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, you can believe it. Isaiah 55, one of my favorite chapters, verse, starting in verse 10. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out, and it always produces fruit. Somebody say, it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. Do you believe what God has spoken to you? You can believe God's word even when it doesn't make sense in the natural. You can believe God's word to you because it's always true, because he always keeps his promises every time. And listen, you can believe God's word because he cares for you. He cares for you. You can believe what he said. I love this very popular proverb, Proverbs chapter 3. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. 
Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. When you're seeking after God and his will, what he's speaking to you, what direction he wants you to go, he's going to show you what path to take. He can be trusted. He's good. And what if, what if we all just became people who simply believed what God said? What if, what, if, what if we just said, you know what? You know what kind of person I'm going to be? I'm going to be a person that just always believes what God says. I'm just going to believe when God speaks something to me, when I open up, I'm just going to believe what God has said, what he's speaking to me. And so we're talking about being tuned in and we hear God's voice and then we believe what God says and then here's what I believe we do after we've heard God and we believe what he said. Here's point number three, we should act on what we believe. We should act on what we believe. I'm going to bring the worship team back. Look at these verses in James. Here in just a couple of months, we're going to be going through the book of James. It's going to be really, really good. But James chapter 1, verse 22, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. James chapter 4, verse 17, remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. We're talking about acting on what we believe. If God is speaking to us, if he's a speaking God, and we can open up his word, and he can prompt us to do things, and we, we say, you know what, I believe God's word is true. I believe that what he leads me to do is true. I believe that what he's speaking to me is truth. Then we should act on what we believe. We should put into action what we believe God has said. The Christian life isn't just a call to know what God says, but it's a call to act on what God says. And Jesus even said things like this. He said, anyone who hears these words of mine and does them, anyone who hears these words and they believe it and they do something with it, they act on it. The Good Samaritan story is a story about action. Go and make disciples. It requires action. Even the invitation, listen, even the invitation from Jesus where he said, follow me, it's an invitation to act. It's an invitation to do something with what you believe. Follow me. Follow me. Listen, God wants to speak to you, and he wants you to know, listen, he can be trusted, and you can believe what he says, but we have to act on what he says. And the Christian life is about a call to believe and then take, take action. Believe what God says about generosity and act. Believe what God says about making disciples and act. Believe what Jesus did for you and act on it. Believe what God says about the purpose for your life and act. Listen, hearing is great, but action makes it a reality. For me to hear and believe that's one thing, but for me to put that into action and say, you know what, because I believe this, I'm going to live this out. That's what makes all the difference. That's what makes all the difference in people all around us every single day. It's, what, it's when we act on what we believe. It's when we actually live out what we believe. Just believing what he said doesn't necessarily change anything around us or affect anybody's life, but it's what we do with what he has said that makes all the difference. We should act on what we believe. Will you stand to your feet this morning?
I want to end talking about being tuned in and how we can hear God, like God is speaking to us. And I don't feel like God is limited on how he can communicate to his people. And we can believe, we can believe that what he says is always true. What he's promised, it's always true. What he's written in his word is always true. And we should act on what we believe. Live it out. I want to read you this story. I want to end in this way. It says, My wife Melody and I waited at the airport counter with our two-year-old daughter, Kristen. After checking in, Melody turned to me and asked, Where's Kristen? I looked down and realized our daughter was gone. Praying silently, I sprinted toward the gift shop, but then I heard Melody scream, My baby has been kidnapped. This was completely out of character for my wife. She had worked as an emergency room nurse and was trained to handle crises quickly and calmly. I knew something was very wrong. An announcement came over the loudspeaker asking anyone who saw Kristen to alert the nearest authority. After several minutes of frantic searching, there was a second announcement. Steve and Melody Doolin, please come to the security area. Your daughter has been found. Kristen later told us that a woman had picked her up while my back was turned and taken her through security. They were about to board a plane, but the announcement came over the loudspeaker and the woman put Kristen down and disappeared. If Melody had not screamed when she did, the kidnapper likely would have escaped with our daughter. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says the Holy Spirit gives us power. This power is not only for witnessing, but also for obeying in a way that witnesses to others. Melody said that as she prayed, the Holy Spirit strongly impressed upon her that Kristen had been kidnapped and everyone needed to be alerted right away. Melody believed what the Holy Spirit said, so she started screaming. The Holy Spirit empowered my wife to do something contrary to her personality and experience. Melody heard his voice, believed what he said, and obeyed his instructions. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. He will give you the power to obey. What a practical story of someone who heard God speaking and prompting them through the Holy Spirit, believed what they heard, and then acted on what they believed. And it made all the difference. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to pray for you, but before we do that, I just want to ask you to ask the Lord. Say, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking today through this message? What are you speaking to me through this message? What are you doing in me right now? Lord, today as we stand in this room, as the prayer team comes down, Lord, we ask you to speak to us individually. Lord, I pray that we would be people that that we would begin, maybe it's been a struggle for us, maybe we've never made the commitment to, but we would begin to open up your word daily and give you the opportunity to speak to us through your word. That we'd be tuned in to any promptings or opportunities that may present themselves or however you want to speak to us. However you want to lead us and guide us and give us wisdom. Lord, help us to trust you and believe what you say. 
and to act on what you say. To do something with what you say. And Holy Spirit, I pray in this moment as we sing this last song and we worship, Lord, if there's anybody here today who needs prayer for anything in their life, I pray that you would draw them for prayer today. In Jesus' name, amen.